This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company, where they believe simplicity is a good thing. Try their lager, IPA, stout, and new raspberry sour, all available at the LCBO. Howdy, y'all. This is episode 22 of Beer and Bullshit, your favorite beer and bullshit-related podcast. Welcome. Uh, If you're just tuning into the program for the first time, my name is Ben Johnson. I am the host of this program. I am an occasional writer of drinks-related musings, and I am the uh, proprietor of the eponymous Ben's Beer blog. Uh, This show is a a program where I talk with people in the beer industry, and I'm occasionally joined by one of my oldest friends, Chris Pellerin. And then there are other times the show is just complete bullshit. Today is a day for beer talk, uh, most certainly. My guest today is none other than Sam Corbet, the beer master for Sawdust City Brewery in Gravenhurst. If you haven't heard of Sam or Sawdust, you are in for a treat, and you need to get out more. Sam's a great dude. Uh, he makes excellent beers, and I was excited to talk with him. I hope you'll dig it. Um, but just before I get to that, I wanted to say thanks once again for the positive feedback this show has been receiving I appreciate the messages uh, and the emails. And as always, I read everything that comes in through beerandbullshit.ca slash contact. So if you want to reach out, please do. If you are enjoying the show, please take a minute to give it a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. These reviews really do help. And uh, who knows, if you write a good or funny review, I might even read it right here on the show. Uh, We have lots more great guests lined up for Season 2. Please stay tuned. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already. Why haven't you? We have been meaning to ask you. Why would you not subscribe to this show? You're listening to it now. You like it. Just subscribe, okay? Anyway, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But you can fix it, okay? Today, it's Sam, though. And Sam is here talking about uh, getting his start. Uh, We got into the brewing industry, starting out working for... Two Ontario breweries who've both changed their names since then, co-founding Sawdust City and uh, coming to terms a little bit with the fact that he is now one of this province's veteran brewers. Anyway, uh, here's Sam. Enjoy. So I was doing a little bit of... I do a tiny bit of research before these shows and uh, I, I must have known this, but I, it was amusing for me to relearn that you used to work in advertising before you ended up here. I was trying to picture what that yeah, looks like. Yeah, a long, long time ago. <laughs> was, was that in Toronto? Yeah, I used to work, uh, you know, a couple agencies. I worked at M2 and Starcom and Initiative Media. It's been a long, I've been out of it longer than I ever was in it. Right. But it's your, it's like your origin story though. You have to, you have to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> um, I, I was, I, I was a buyer planner and I worked mostly for movie accounts. Okay. Like, See, yeah, that sounds 20. like a pretty sexy job. And you decided you want to go get burned by caustic instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I was 20, it was fucking awesome because like I got, I got to go to Leafs games and, I used to be like the parties were swank as I'll get out. Yeah. <laughs> prim and proper. And like, I, I come in from a small town. It was like Michael J. Fox in Bright Lights, Big City. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> and then 
you know, it was cool. And then it just, you know, sort of wasn't anymore. I didn't want to do, I had no skin in the game. I had, I, I hated advertising and the sort of like the whole idea behind, you know, trying to trick people into giving them something they don't want. Right. I worked on some pretty bad movies, man. Did Remember you... the movie Gilly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the most like universally panned movies yeah, ever. Yeah, Ben Affleck like, and J Lo, right? Yeah, it was sort of like the end of the of of the wizard romance. They had like yeah, yeah, dance. they were married. I, well, anyways, like working <laughs> you broke for Sony at the time, they were just throwing. Well, yes, I, it was all me. <laughs> the. Uh, like seeing how much money they would throw at this movie that we know was we knew was going to go terrible. Right. <laughs> but we got to make people, you know, got to get them to the gate, got to get that box office. And it was like, this is awful. It's just, <laughs> I couldn't get behind that. So you don't do that so, now? You don't throw a bunch of money behind beer you know is terrible to get people to buy it? Yeah, we just have no money. <laughs> <laughs> um. And you, so you obviously at some point decided this is soulless and you decided brewing school was the way to go? Yeah, I was actually in uh, Belgium with my wife and uh, two of my friends and we were sort of touring around Northern France and Belgium as you do when you're in your 20s and have expendable income and no children. Right. And uh, when I was in the, the Grand Place in Brussels, I'm like, you know, this is, and we were actually at a beer festival. I'm like, this is way better than advertising. So I sort of, <laughs> I returned. That was like in September. And I think by January, I was at brew school. Wow. It was, it was a hard, you know what? This sucks. I got to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then from brewing school um, to an Ontario brewery, was it? Uh, yeah. Magnata. Magnata. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was there for five months, and then it, uh, you know, it really wasn't what I wanted to do. We didn't make a lot of beer. We made a lot of wort, and we would put it into sacks and sell it for homebrewers, which was called Festibrew, which was fine, and it was a great learning experience, and I learned from, like, two really great people, Simon and Mike. Um, Mike is no longer in the industry. He was the brewmaster, and Simon sadly passed away a couple years ago. Uh, but they like a lot of what they taught me in those five months sort of stuck with stuck with me for a long time. Like a lot of it had to do with uh, Simon was very hard on time. Like everything had to because they were like you couldn't work overtime. It was you were in there at that time and you were out at that time and you had to get everything done in this time. So it was like if it's five fifteen, you're gone. So everything was by the minute. And you know, it really spoke to me that chronology was like okay, I have to get everything done at exactly the time. And it's been sort of in my brain since then. So they built that that uh, process-driven aspect of it into you? Yeah, and then that then I went to Flying Monkeys, which at the time was Robert Simpson. Yeah, I don't even remember that it was called Robert Simpson. Like, the, well, <laughs> I well, I was just there yesterday and going to talk to Seb and uh, his team there because they have a canning line that we're possibly looking at sort of uh, moving up to. And the space is like, I've only been there back at, like a few times and it is just it is an engineering marvel what they've done in that building and what huh. they've been able to cram into that space and how in infinitely different it is than when i worked there and when it was robert simpson like it went from that uh sort of 
early 2000s where everything had to be traditional and old school when you were in craft brewing in Ontario. Yeah. To like wild and out there, which is the new sort of the new thing with craft brewing. Like it's, it's funny thinking back what Robert Simpson looked like. It was all white and prim and proper and yeah, it was, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I respect a lot of things that Peter's done with that, with that brand and he made that change and, you know, it's hard to argue without the success that they've had. Yeah. And then Mill Street, which I also must have somehow blocked that you were a Mill Street brewer for some reason. For a long time. Yeah. That was in working at Mill Street was sort of what, when we started Sawdust, I, I really didn't want to get back into a production brewery sort of situation. Yeah. Coming from Mill Street, because that's what we were. It was and uh you know we went from 17,000 hex when i started to 70,000 uh when i left and uh that was only like four and a half five years and while i was working there that's with crazy Dave, growth that's crazy growth oh it was it's incredible like we went from maybe brewing once a day once or twice a day to when i left is the day i left was when they went to overnight i'm like my, my wife was pregnant with her second kid and i'm like no i'm not i'm out hmm. And we really hadn't finalized Sawdust, but I went to work with Rob at Taps and the Canadian Brewing Award stuff for a bit before um, we sort of launched uh, Sawdust more in earnest, but I just couldn't be at Mill Street anymore. With that, I, got, I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the, it just with this like sort of apple right there dangling in front of me, I just wanted, because that was like the reason to be in this whole thing was to start a brewery and uh, you know, it was so close. And you're from, you're from the area, like cottage, I keep saying cottage country. You're from the Muskokas originally? Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Bracebridge. I, I like that. Where I live now, I'm, I'm almost exactly four kilometers from where I, I, you know, the house I grew up in. Crazy. And my dad's just down the road and my brother lives here. Uh, so it's, it was, it was coming home again. I, the Gravenhurst where Sawdust is was sort of like our Shelbyville. And I sort of, and I, <laughs> I always grew up like, you know, looking down at Gravenhurst because, you know, we were so much better at Bracebridge, but like, <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful little town and it's, it's actually, they're going through a bit of a renaissance at Gravenhurst and I'm happy to be back up here. It's, it was hard to leave the city after being there for 10 years and sort of like letting go of that. I still have my 416 phone number. Wow. I, I don't know if I'll <laughs> ever give that up, <laughs> but it, uh, once, you know, I, I mean, I don't even remember the last time I was back in Toronto, actually. But I mean, obviously because of the pandemic. But even yeah. before that, it sort of just got farther and farther away. Yeah, I did. I was in Toronto for ten years too. But when I when I originally lived in London, there was one area code five one nine. I lived to Toronto, and when I came back, I didn't get a five one nine where you have a two two six now. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, it really <laughs> bothers me. Like, I grew up in the five one nine. I moved back to the five one nine, and now I'm a two two six. What the fuck is this? <laughs> oh jeez i'm still in the north there's only one area code for all of us yeah. how does london have two and all of northern ontario has one yeah 15 hours north here it's still 705 that's right um the last time well not the last time but i remember i came up to visit when you were building the new brewery in 2014 we skipped a lot there but yeah <laughs> But yeah, I was looking at pictures of it and it's uh, pretty remarkable what you guys did with the space considering what you started with, that old Canadian tire. Yeah, when you were there, I don't even know if we were quite open yet. I think we were just, or we had just opened. It was very, very, very You weren't open at all. Like the bar was just like 
two by fours. Like it was, you were very much under construction. Yeah. So the last six years has been a lot of growth and changes at Sawdust. I mean, I think we're sort of like any company you sort of start with an idea and we've come to where we are and gone through ups and downs. The industry itself, I mean, you can say in the last six years has gone through some crazy ups and downs and changes. And I would like, the Ontario craft brewing scene as it was six years ago was vastly different oh, than God, it is yeah. right now. Yeah. I and can't keep up anymore. I feel like, like I'm people, someone called me like a bitter middle-aged guy on Twitter the other day. I'm like, fuck, when did that happen? <laughs> well, we are, we are in that now. We're the old, the old guard now. Like apparently, and it's, <laughs> you know, being in this now, I, I, it blows my mind. It's been like next year will be 15 years that I've been in this industry. And the changes and it's sad to see things like where you know and this is like not to like sad when you see guys like bill white pass away this is a guy that was always there and uh you go to events and the last year not like, it, it, when i saw the name it took me a second and i'm like holy like i've seen him for 15 years at everything and yeah. sad that in the last year we never really got to you know we got to see each other and the year before that you know, Joel from Mill Street passed away. And it's like, are we now at this stage where the people we, it seems too early for that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, it is too early. Those guys were young, but yes. It, yeah. it, but I do think dark times might be ahead. <laughs> About to take a dark. <laughs> I mean, with COVID here, I think the, uh, the reckoning that we've all been saying might happen soon, might actually happen soon. It's going to be a weird winter. It is. And the, I'm, 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 uh, the one thing that I miss greatly uh, is the people. And that's the, you know, the thing that I think held us all together in this craft beer world was getting together and seeing the people and hanging out. And at the beginning we were able to do, we did a lot of the zoom calls and, you know, I did see a few people over the summer, but I mean, just running into Seb yesterday at, at Fly Monkeys, like I hadn't seen him till since last February. So, yeah. like, we used to hang out quite, and I actually, and we went, did an event in London right before like maybe two weeks three weeks before the whole shutdown we were at milosh's doing the uh the four of us myself jeff broder spinny and seb did like a a talk dinner pairing yep. it was great it was wonderful because it was at milosh's and then three weeks later everything stopped yeah and we went to call the office lot that night and i just heard yesterday that it's oh, closed it's sold you know? man they sold the building i know I don't know. Was, like, hopefully the new owners keep. There's so much history in that building. They have to. I mean, I, I'm realistic. They probably won't. But like, there's so much culture in London that's just getting. There used to be a place away. in town called the Embassy. Maybe I don't know if you ever hung out there, but like yeah. the places where we used to go to punk shows and rock shows as teenagers, there there's like one left, and now it's the doors are closed. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, I think we went to the office every time after Milos's. We'd wander over there, and that's yeah, where we yeah. end the night. Yeah, it's a good spot these days. Yeah, that was, and, and those, those not having that for the last year has been pretty hard. I mean, the Zoom calls were good and it was nice to see people, but it's not the same. It's not like having beers with the guys and just getting, talking and hanging out and in, and doing the events. I love the events. It's something that I, you know, I obviously didn't realize how much I loved until it wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when they're happening, you're like, oh, this is a grind. I got another beer event. And now that they're not there, you're like, damn, I need a beer I, event. <laughs> yeah. Like I love the getting on the road and going to see people. Like it was it, literally like the week before was at the, at the kickoff in, in Waterloo. And then 
within the first week of COVID, they were closed for good after 18 years. Oh man. And you know, that was a beautiful place and uh, I loved going there and they were one of the first places to support us and to see it kind of go away after being just there uh, with uh, Rob and Bobo at uh, short fingers. And what's it going to look like? What's the landscape going to look like when we get back and, uh, in yeah, a, I don't know. Whatever time that is. I've heard some stark, uh, some stark predictions. This is where, this is where the show always goes. We just got here earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, man, this is really negative. That's <laughs> the industry right now though, man. But, uh, yeah, I will say, like, I, I, I'm interested to learn about how you were involved with the creation of Sawdust because I, there are very few breweries in Ontario, maybe even Canada, that I think are as closely aligned to the uh, the personality of their their head brewer or brewmaster. I think uh, I think Sawdust vibe is kind of it's like really fun. I mean, you guys are experimental. I, I was poking fun at you on Facebook the other day for when you had that like country themed blog going for a oh, while. Yeah, like, Howdy y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, uh, I, I, I still think... start, I still start every internal email at work with howdy y'all. I swear <laughs> to God. No, but it, I think it strikes me that the reason the place has been fun and always been fun might be you. Like, I think, uh, you're, you're kind of the guy that's made the place what it is. Well, when we started, it was just Rob and I. It was two guys for like ever for the first couple of years. And then Spinny joined us. And, you know, Spinny and I loved being on the road and doing events. And, you know, we didn't have a space for the first couple of years as we were building Sawdust. So all we had was like, you know, us being on the road and being a traveling band, I guess. That's what we like, you know, because I have no musical talent, I had to do something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was the best I could do. So it was great. And, I think one of the things that helped us is that Rob also had the Canadian Brewing Awards and we sort of had this sort of in with everything. And we went to every event that we could and talked to everybody. And because we didn't have a brew house, we did a lot of collabs with people and just shouted as loud as we could. And, uh, you know, we have this team now that I love working with everybody at Sawdust. It's been, if people come and go, but, and it's always sad when someone leaves, but it's, it's, so I always, it takes a bit of time, but then I'm like, I realize I'm happy that we had them and our time together. And I, I, I like the idea that there's more creative force. So like every year now we do, I try to get the other brewers involved in the creation of recipes. We do our lager series where each one of the brewers gets to make their own, you know, beer from front to back, design it, do whatever they want. And cause everyone needs a creative outlet and it's, you know, it's kind of unfair to hoard it all. Yeah. And they're, they've, they're all great in their own right. So everyone needs a chance to grow and experiment. Well, you mentioned your experimentation and your output and sawdust is kind of insane with the <laughs> number of beers you put out. Like you did a beer a week last year or two years ago. And then you're not just like doing, Oh, let's do another variation of a lager. Like even the beers you're making week to week are pretty intense and pretty involved. And then on top of that, you have ridiculous names with crazy backstories. <laughs> like, there's a lot of going on, a lot going on in Sawdust. Well, one of the things I always like to say was that we, you know, we're part of the entertainment industry, and you know, we're here to entertain. So there's always a story. People want to hear the story when they when they have a beer, like to give them a bit of context and you know, a talking point to get in to know the people. I think is one of the fun things. I used to love writing those and putting that together and. Uh, 
we've sort of moved a lot away from more of a from literal to more visual labels because that's just you know sort of the way labels are not nearly as crazy busy as they were at the beginning with everything on the label unless of course flying monkeys which is everything on the label right uh, we we sort of it's more minimalist and so we're not visual now the, the stories are still there and we love to talk about them they're just not as affront as they were before and the names i think they just grow out of experiences we have and then if someone asks you can just sort of tell and then that leads to the story it sounds a lot like you're smoking a joint and you come up with the name the night before the beer needs to be released. Like, well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. The last time, because the last time we, I forget how or why, but we were talking and you're like, oh yeah, you got to try spooky action. And then I was like, oh, good name for a beer. And then you're like, okay, it's actually about a theory of quantum mechanics and the TV show, The Flash and this brewer that looks like his English bulldog. I'm like, what the? <laughs> Well, it all seemed to make sense at the time <laughs> and I, I mean i i love that that label it's one of my favorite that we ever did because jake and his dog bella are so fucking perfect and <laughs> it was a good cool. label and you it, had the like old school laser Austin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was very well put together i really, really like working on that and that's when like you know we still do stuff like that it's just this last year and when we did the 52 it was just so much that you know you know when we kind of conceived the idea it i never really thought of the logistics of the labels and the and the creative standpoint that way all i was thinking yeah from a production standpoint we can do it and then you know it starts (laughs) there was a lot more to it than (laughs) than that so we did lose we weren't able to do as much on each one because we didn't have enough time to give it because like if the next week you're just working on another one everyone on the creative side is 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 sort of inundated with all these things that they have to do each and every week so oddly enough this year we put out almost 50 beers but we didn't do it on every thursday it was just sort of sometimes we put out two or three and we already so we had gave ourselves more time and we were able to do it. Plus also there was nothing else going on for the last eight months. Right. <laughs> Cause I mean, at the same time we were putting a beer out a week, there were still events to run. There was still all the things like work at the, do the LCBO, do the beer store, do the grocery stores, all this other stuff that had to happen with our core brands while still trying to release these other ones. Cause it wasn't just 52, it was 52 different ones. It was, it ended up being more like 63. Right. <laughs> which yeah. is absurd. And I, I, you know, what we learned, you live, you learn. Yeah. And now we've done it. And you're not going to do that again. Do it again. <laughs> um, Put that feather in the cap. Yeah. yeah. Now you got to try to do as few beers in a year as possible just to balance it out. Well, we are going to do, we're, we're actively trying to do less next year, but it's still a lot. It's just less and try to give each one a little bit more time to breathe and sort of give it more of its due. Cause I feel something we skipped over a lot, you know, you'd, you'd put one out and if it didn't catch on right away, it just was out the door Yeah, and, it, and not necessarily got a chance to get its sea legs. So that's your, one of the things. Your core lineup has been pretty, pretty consistent. You've done a bit of a shakeup recently. Is that fair to say? I mean, yeah, very, a little Norway changed. 
Well, Little Norway, we sort of turned more towards, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit hoppier and we turned it more towards a Pilsner because we were bringing in a light lager and we wanted to differentiate the two. Right. I mean, Norway was only at 4.5%, so it wasn't like it was heavy. And it was when we first designed it, it was a collab with the Norwegian brewery and they wanted oh, yeah. to be, they wanted That's a great story too. Yeah, it, that, that was one of the best experiences, but they wanted this straight ahead industrial lager. So we tried to make it a little bit more for our market, but it, it did well and it was a great seller. And we, but when we introduced the light lager, we had a sort of, sort of little Norway shifted more towards a premium lager and we had our light lager. And then some of the other brands just, you know, their time has come. People didn't want an alt anymore. They didn't want a Kolsch. Like everybody and their brother has a Kolsch. So. Mm-hmm. So we make a hazy IPA because no one has any of those. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really breaking down barriers with that one. Yeah. But like you pretty much have to. This is the reality of the Ontario market is you need to have an IPA. Yeah. When, and by an IPA, I mean multiple IPAs. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the three little magical letters that sell beer and everything else is hard to move, which is, you know, I find it, very infuriating that we went from this monoculture of lager to a monoculture of IPA. We just shifted one for the other. Yeah. And we just keep going down this road and it's like, there's so much more. Yeah. I love IPAs, but I also love not having an IPA sometimes. But I mean, you, you've, you've had an IPA and pretty much the same IPA since opening. Like, I don't think yeah. Lone Pine's changed much, has it? Lone Pine's been pretty much exactly the same. I mean, yeah. we tweaked it a little bit since, since thought it's like where we are now proper, but like the first iteration was very, very much more malt forward. Mm-hmm. That's back. just the way things were then. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Was, that was a decade ago. Right. <laughs> everything had to have a caramel malt backbone. Oh yeah, man. It was red. <laughs> it was so, it was so malty. I look at it now, but it, other than that, like sort of, but for the last six years, it's been very much consistent and uh, we like where it's at. I mean, I, uh, to me, West Coast IPA is is very much more similar to a Pilsner, in that it's it's just a more amped up version. Like you have a dry, hop forward, drinkable beer. It's a little bit more ABV. It's a little bit more hops. But I mean, the two of them, when you get down to like the bare bones, they're very similar. Yeah, a lot of late hopping, a lot of bitterness, dry, and I and I like that. And that's why, to me, like I think, unfortunately, people's palates have shifted towards sweet as opposed to bitter, and Bitter has become a almost a bad word. Yeah, I love bit. I love bitter. Like it was. Yeah, because it makes yeah. you want another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When uh, when I did a collab with Lackey at Great Lakes, we I like let's do. We did a beer called Old Man Johnson, and I'm like, because I'm a bitter old man, let's make it as bitter as possible. And it was like seven percent and super bitter, and it was fucking awesome. And like, right. we we cracked a keg at Bryden's, and we tried to finish it in one sitting. It was aggressive oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was aggressive <laughs> that's a that's a task right there yeah we did pretty well but that was ambitious oh hey ben hey chris what's up well uh, i know indie alehouse is uh in toronto as a sponsor of the show yeah yeah that's right and you say they're in toronto right but you said that yep that's true i did say that didn't i so you always talk about having food and beer under the same roof and uh you talked about their patio but we're entering the winter months so uh, i see where you're going with this chris it's just with toronto and lockdown now how do people support our sponsor indy 
Well, Chris, I'm glad you asked because they are still offering Ontario-wide delivery service from their online bottle shop. Uh, all you need to do is select what you want to order and check it out. Uh, your beer will be delivered within a few business days through ICS. And obviously, they're still doing local delivery and uh, food takeout. And then you can uh, you can also pick up beer to go at their Eadley location on the second floor. And as always, Instigator IPA is in the LCBO. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of options uh, to get that Indy Alehouse beer that we love so much. Yeah, you're kind of an idiot for asking, actually. Well, I was glad that I asked until you called me an idiot. Oh, I gotta go. See you later. I remember, uh, like, I feel like the first beer I remember when, like, IPAs were super malty and caramelly and everything was Cascade. Like, the one that was like, okay, we got piney, we got citrus. Like, I remember, it's not even it's not even an IPA, but my first Golden Beach. Like, that was my favorite beer for a long, long time. And I notice it's now marketed as a uh hazy hazy something right because you got to put hazy on the label (laughs) well here's what's crazy like that beer launch it was nine years ago on november 18th so last week one week ago today wow and i just it it popped up on facebook like it's like here like uh, that was when we launched sada city nine years ago at the griffin and the only in toronto and uh on the back of the label nine years ago it says the, the two words are hazy and juicy without go. any <laughs> no, they were just there i had i had no notion of what either of those things were at the time <laughs> they were just there and I'm like well i'll fucking be like, <laughs> and they were they were on the label for a very long time and it huh. was called at the beginning an american pale wheat yeah and then it was a you know then people kept calling it golden peach and i get all angry <laughs> <laughs> like, we gotta change the fucking name so we changed it to uh golden beach pale it was golden beach pale week so then we changed it to session ipa and then we changed it to pale ale and then it, it never really had a space and then yeah. every time we think we'd land on something the market would shift and you had it right the first behind. time you had it right the first time you should have just left it yeah it's just an and easy pale ale so we that and then now it's sort of we've this will probably be it'll still show up now and again but it's sort of gone away i mean i still love it it's the street that i grew up on and you know it was the first beer we launched with but you know sadly time marches on and you gotta it 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 did well as a beer and but in its last year of existence like i think it was really as a full-time core brand it won like gold medal at the belt the brussels beer challenge yeah I felt Which like it was, was always equi- underrated, like ignored. I was like, why aren't people talking about this beer more? Every time I had one, I'm like, fuck, this is a good beer. It just never got to the traction. I don't know. Was it a marketing thing? I never under, I, I, sometimes I just don't, we just miss it. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's luck. And it just never really caught on. Well, again, it'll still be there. It'll just come back now and again. We just never really found its footing, which is sad. But how it's going to be the most popular beer in Ontario. It got the, it's going to get the beer and bullshit bump. This is a huge, now that I've mentioned it on the show. <laughs> oh yes. I, well, this is actually my entire plan. Good. You better start nine years, build, the long build, game. <laughs> start building for more capacity. Cause you're going to start to get <laughs> a lot more demand. <laughs> um, you mentioned going to, um, going to beer events. 
I don't know if I should mention, but I feel like you had a bit of a streak going for cask days for a while. Can we talk about that streak that you had for a while? Oh, yeah. Things went sideways. There, then there was a streak where I decided I should just probably not go. <laughs> that was the chicken winging up by the police officer. I'm like, yes. yeah, I'm out. I was, right, I was right beside you when that happened. It was amazing. <laughs> it was such a dumb thing, too. Do you remember yeah. why you got chicken winged out? Yeah, because they, they wouldn't let me go to the bathroom, so I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom right here. Yeah. And there <laughs> was you go. Worse, it, was even... was the, it was like, so it was the worst wrong. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> well, it was like, I want to walk out that door to go pee. And this cop was like, well, no, the bathrooms are right there. You're not going out that door. And you were getting belligerent. And then all of a sudden, you weren't. And you're like, okay. And it was like, so obvious. And, like, yeah. and you walked like 10 feet. And everyone could still see you. <laughs> you tried to piss inside, and it's like that's it. That yeah. was amazing. And then someone's like, "Yeah, that sometimes happens to him at cast days." <laughs> so that was my last cast days. And I actually, I don't know if I've been back. I don't know because I had moved up here at the time, and then uh, it was easy to not go. And then I just didn't go to those ones. I went to work work events more than drink events. Yeah probably a good move yeah <laughs> sometimes it gets difficult and yes. like you know that as you get older too you sort of wind that down yeah hopefully most of us do yeah um so other than uh you know not peeing at cast days <laughs> what's uh, <laughs> what's been one of the biggest changes for you from your you know well even go back further to like when you were at mill street as a newish brewer to now we could easily call you one of Ontario's veteran brewers. Um, well, my, my day-to-day isn't as much brewing. Like the last year at the beginning of the year was a lot because we pared down to almost nothing. Like a lot of my job is more managerial and procedural, like doing planning and organizing. I still like, I did a lot of events and, and stuff before this. And because that's just not there, um, I'm still on the floor more than I was, but I kind of enjoy that part of it. Like the actual physical work of brewing is fantastic, but it is, it's a young man's game. <laughs> Those are long hours and hot hours. And I, it, I love to see the guys down there working, but it's, you know, after a year getting back into it, it's hard on the body, but yeah. uh, I like where this is. I like being sort of more of the planner. I, I love that aspect of it and sort of looking at it as from a bigger picture and seeing everything and learning about new technologies and sort of the advancement. Like, I feel like I was very much, everything had to be very traditional. And just like that, I never would have, I would have said pasteurization or centrifuge were bad words. And now I see the benefit of it. Um, you just get a little bit more open to the concept of like what beer can be and how it can be better just by tweaking it a little bit and having access to more things and just talking with the other guys. Like, I did a, a talk with Tweedy, Ian, and Lackey last year at the OCBC doing Pilsners. And from that talk, like that really shifted how I looked at just being on the panel and listening to those guys talk shifted how I did a lot of things and being able to learn and grow has been great. What do you mean by so that? Like literally the techniques they talked about have changed the way you brew beer? Yeah, just sort of like, you know, l- listening to other way other people do things. And that's, what we, that's why I love doing collabs too, is going to someone else's house and watching how they do things because I mean, all in all, everything we do is sort of the same, but there's little variations here and there that you can learn and pick up. And uh, on that talk, just, you know, I think Ian's, you know, he's a really great 
Brewer and listening to him, how he does it and some of the things that he did. I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll try that. And then talking with Lackey and talking with Tweedy and they both, they all make really good beers. So it's like, how can you not take something that they do and sort of see how it can apply to you? Not necessarily exactly, but with, you know, take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and hopefully make yours better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, as, as brewers, that's sort of what we have to do is continue to get better. You can't just sit back and go, Oh, you know what? I'm done. I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> I know it's all figured out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't work like that. I mean, so Pilsners are, are very hard beers to make and they can be ultimately very frustrating, but also very rewarding when you, you get it. And I feel like over the last year we've got, our game's gotten a lot better and I feel more confident in it. And, you know, that's why I was, I was able to sort of say, yeah, you know what, it's time we move this into more of the Pilsner category as opposed to just this generic pale lager that wasn't really a Pilsner, but kind of wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It was like a teenager kind of looking at the cool kids going, I wish I was one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, is little Norway sort of like, not to say you have a flagship, but that's going to be your flagship effort for Pilsners or. Well, I mean, it's always going to be one of our, it'll be there as it's always our top seller at the brewery, but and I think Lone Pine will continue to be sort of our big flagship in Norway between Norway and, and Lone Pine and everyday magic. They sort of make our big front three right now. Okay. Uh, we still have skinny dip. It's still around, but no one like we love making stouts, but no one seems to give a shit about stouts as much as I wish they would. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, we make a lot of them and we love doing it. And I mean, there is a bit of a push because of the crazy pastry stouts in the U S but uh, I don't, I, I never really thought those sort of like oatmeal stouts or just your everyday drinking stouts ever really got their due, even though they're fantastic. And there's yeah. a lot of good ones in Ontario. Every time I have one, I enjoy it more than I thought I was going to. I was like, oh, I could go for a stout. And I'm always like, fuck yeah, this was the right choice. I don't know what it is about stouts, but the, you're right. They don't really get their due. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's still around. And right now, Viva Puff Stout for us is going crazy. And it has been since we launched it. Um, I'm, I'm glad it is. And I just... You know, it's it's a flavorful beer, and I'm glad people really like it, and we're proud of it. I wish more people. I wish we were able to do something with uh, Dare and and Viva. Like, this is actually pretty crazy. When we did it, uh, we launched it last year. It was actually we had a half a tank of Cthulhu left over. I'm like, you know what? We weren't going to sell it as Cthulhu. We we're going to put some in a barrel. We we're going to do something else. I'm like, I wanted to do this Viva Puff idea for like as long as I can remember. Uh, so I just did it and we sat on it and like, we hummed and hawed whether we should just call it Viva Puff or not. And I'm like, I don't want to piss off Dare. Like, what if they shut us down, right? Like, and get. That would have been the best thing to happen to you. If Dare got mad, it would have been well, the best publicity you could ever have. <laughs> well, instead, I went and I just wrote this heartfelt email to a generic mailbox at Dare. And I'm like, <laughs> explain, like, this is my, I remember going to my grandma's house and going to the cupboard and getting these and. We made this beer that I feel very much emulates exactly that. And I said, we really, we're not doing this to step on your toes. If you guys want to be a part of this, we'd love to work with you. And I sent it off into this email and didn't hear anything back for like a week. And then I got this email back from this, uh, this woman, Emily. And she's like, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the, the product manager for Dare now. 
I used to work at Sawdust City. I was a, I was a bartender there the year guys opened. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are the chances of that? That's crazy. And so I thought, well, of course this is going to work out. So they went back and she had to go to her like legal team because they're a much larger company. And ultimately they decided they sent us two <laughs> crates of Viva Puffs. That's amazing. And it was great. And, you know, now it's out there and they said, we wish you all the best, the LCBO. Do what you want. And so we sort of settled on Viva List Out. So we didn't want to, we still didn't want to, but people get it. Yeah, yeah. They get it right away. So there's so no Viva think, Puffs in the mash. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that Viva Puffs only in Ontario as a puff. Oh. It's called like a Whippet in Quebec. It's called <laughs> Malmar in the U.S. Like, but the puff is solely, it's an Ontario thing. Weird. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But. That's pretty serendipitous that you actually, that your email reached someone who used to work at Sawdust. It's crazy. I, it was mind melting to me. I'm like, wow. And I thought like, this is it. This is going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got some free cookies out of it. Yeah. And my, my son is hooked on Viva Puffs. <laughs> so what's next for, for Sawdust? I mean, this is such a loaded question during COVID because who the fuck knows what's next for anyone, but you guys have a pretty good thing going with your, 2000 square feet in Gravenhurst or yeah. like what we're bringing we're bringing more people we're hoping to bring more people we had right before covid we had started building an event space that was going to be the the last part of the building that hadn't been built out was our the service center the old service center yeah there were still two cars in there when i saw it in 2014 <laughs> <laughs> well now we had we got about halfway done and then the pandemic hit and it's like oh well there's no events so yeah. we should stop this but we finished our <laughs> patio we hope that events are back next year. And I mean, luckily we finished our patio because it saved us this summer. Uh, hopefully we can get Funk Fest going back again. Um, this year we were trying to take Funk Fest into like a kind of a different area too. We were going to do clean and dirty. We were going to have some, each brewery was going to bring a funk beer and a lager. Oh, I like it. Because like. I can't do funky all night. I exactly <laughs> and that, that was like selfishly that was my thing i'm like hey, i can drink lagers a lot longer than i can drink sours <laughs> yeah yeah that next day was always really hard <laughs> yeah walking around with tums yeah so we the first year we did funk fest we actually reached out to tums and they just shut us down we were like, no, <laughs> we don't want anything to do with you <laughs> i have nice. no luck reaching out to people you try to be an honest guy I like it. I like the initiative. Someday it's going to click. You're going to have the weirdest collaboration, like Taco Bell or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think next year we have our, you know, a couple new brands coming out. We'll still focus on being, we, we were focusing on our online store before this, but luckily, you know, when the world ended, everybody hunkered down and started ordering online anyways. Yeah. But it really pushed that forward, but we've been working on it for two years. So it was, easy for us to shift to that and because we're not in Toronto. So, you know, we had to send beer out without people having access just to drive up and get it. Right. Um, but we have our, you know, we have our plan for next year. I think just being a little bit more mature as a company, like the business side of it, I was, we've always been very fly by the seat of our pants and that gets exhausting after a while. And we still want to keep our fun aspect, but, from the business point of view, being a lot more structured and secure. And I think we have a you know, team in place that's done this for a while now and is able to run that and we can do our crazy stuff over here. But in the context of you have a budget, don't be an idiot. Right. <laughs> How has the uh, like culture 
beer culture, I guess, changed in your neck of the woods? Because, I mean, is there more of it? I mean, I think of it perhaps as an outsider. Is like there's you guys and Muskoka. There's, there's definitely a beer culture here. We have – there's three other breweries outside of that. We have Lake of Bays, which is up the road. They have I know locations. this too, but in my head I'm just like, eh, there's those couple guys up there. They, they have three locations now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's the, a new place, Catalyst, just opened. Okay. In Muskoka's old location. They opened a year ago. The worst possible time. Right. I mean, I really feel bad for the guy, like, literally the week after COVID. Fuck. Like, tough, tough. And then uh, Clear Lake's there. But, like, and Canvas in Huntsville. So there's definitely a culture there. And we have a lot of – we see a lot of tourists that come up and they do all the places and they come by and they see. And it's it's great to have that. It's kind of like Niagara North. And uh, we're not far. There's two places that just opened in Aurelia. Hmm. Uh, they're only 15 minutes up the north away from us and a beautiful new brewery open in cold water called quails so there's you know a lot going on nice and uh i think we this year obviously the new the stuff in at quails and catalyst and canvas and the two places in aurelia we just haven't had a chance to really welcome them because <laughs> there's no welcome mat right now yeah and hopefully when this is over we can all get together and sort of create something where we're more of a community. We just haven't had the chance yet. Sounds like a post-vaccine road trip for me. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think it, everyone's, I think, dotting a map right now of places I should go when we finally have a vaccine. I plan my, like, I'm going to walk from getting the vaccine to Milos and just get shit-faced for, like, a day. <laughs> oh, man. I miss that place so bad, and I miss Milos. He's such a great guy. Like, we used good. to go there. It, London's far from here, but we would go two, three times a year. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it just to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Fuck, man. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going uh, to read you something here. Okay, ready for this? Yeah. Brewing beer isn't about the money. It isn't about the grueling work. It's about the love of the beer. It's about creating a product that's going to be enjoyed by many people. It's about knowing that you're putting a smile on someone's face. Does that ring any bells? No. Should it? You wrote that in 2008 for Taps, for Taps Magazine in an article called Confessions of a New Brewer. That, well, that's how I met Rob. Was like, this is how Sawdust kind of came about, was writing at Taps. And I actually knew his wife, Carla, before I knew Rob because she was the editor of the magazine, and I really only knew her. I mean, he owned it, but she was the editor, so she was the face. And that's how I got to know them. And I loved writing for that, like – that was my other aspiration other than brewing beer, but I wasn't very good at it. So I <laughs> well, that was, you were two years in. Is that, as I was reading it before you knew it was your words, did they ring true still? 12 oh, years? very much. I mean, I'm not like this, uh, obviously it's not for the money because I'm still in it. But <laughs> like, if that's not what drives me. It is, that's very much still true. Like I, I still have sleepless nights thinking about trying to get that beer right and making somebody happy. Like I hate the idea that it's not going to be good if it's not, like, no, if something's gone wrong and it drives me squirrely. So everything there's, it's still there. And luckily we've got a great team that ensures that that happens. Nice. And uh, you yeah, also mentioned still- that you get diaper rash. 
when you wrote that. So I don't know if that's still true. <laughs> I've lost a lot of weight since then. That was 12 years ago. It was a little bit heavier set then. <laughs> so I don't need to, I don't need the baby powder down there as much as I used to. <laughs> Less chafing 12 years later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you asked what the big change was. That's it. That's the big change. Less talcum powder. Yeah. Yeah, that, but I think those, that, that does still hold true. I just, man, that was 12 years ago. Yep. And that would have been before Sawdust, but it would have been, it would have already been sort of on the radar. Like the idea was, you know, the genesis was there at that time. And, uh, you know, it took us a few years at that point, like to bring it together, but it's been a wild ride and still keeps getting wilder. I think you guys have done okay. It's been a, it's been pretty successful by all measures, I'd say. Yeah, you know, I'm, the one thing that I'm, I feel like that out of all of it is, that it's, I, I keep going back to this, is the people that I've met. I, it's been great. I love working in this industry and getting to meet these people and all the things that I've got to do because I do this crazy job. And it's, I feel infinitely blessed and I'm very lucky to do it. And sometimes I'm like, I just, wow, I just got to stay in this. Someday I'm going to wake up and they're going to be like, that guy's lying the whole time. <laughs> no, man, the beer speaks for itself. You're, you're making good beer. So well, that's, if that's all right, you're still doing the right thing, I'd say. Well, I appreciate that. Well, thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting too, man. I appreciate that. No problem. This is great. And I like, I'm glad that, you know, you guys still hold up this end of the bargain, like getting people to talk and talking about beer. Like it's all part of, it's all part and partial of this whole thing. Like, if no one's talking about it, it doesn't exist. And you, you, we're, we, we, I mean, sometimes I think there's some grudges between brewers and the people that talk about it, but in the end, we're all in this together. And if you guys maybe push our buttons, it's because we need our buttons pushed and keep us on the right track. I think it's, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't always get, you know, the praise that it should. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, someone's got to talk about it right now because we can't get out and try it all and go to festivals and stuff. So, and I think that the takeaway on almost all of these has been that this is a collaborative industry that's super helpful and like super friendly, but it's just the assholes with blogs and podcasts that need something to talk about that stir up the shit. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I think, I think it's needed because sometimes we get complacent or we do things that maybe we should be held accountable for. And, I, I, you know, I, I like that part of it, and I like that there is a discussion. And at the end of the day, we all get along, and it's fine. Yeah, so it's great. Except for those guys in Muskoka, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> get a rivalry going. Oh, no, you know, we we have a great relationship with with Muskoka and Lake of A's, and we routinely, like, I'll be there picking up something, or they'll be at our place picking up something because invariably we forgot it, and it's great having them right next door and. Uh, you know, they're much larger than us and it's, you know, you see this, what they are and, you know, we're all different animals and we all feed different parts of what somebody wants. And I think that's why it all works together too, because, you know, we're, we fill a different void than Muskoka fills for other people. Totally. I wasn't being serious. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. I, I well, this, uh, and hopefully the next time we do this, it's in person with a, with a sour beer and a lager in each at hand. At the same time. Yeah. And you're not peeing anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so that was like 10 years ago. I don't thank know why. You, thank you for bringing that up. It was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Cheers, Have a good night. Bye. Who in the hell do you actually think you are